Welcome to the Ion Annapolis Local Business Spotlight. There are thousands of locally owned businesses in the area, some small and some large. Some you may know and others you don't. But one thing they all have in common is a great story and we want to share it with you. Join us every Saturday as we talk to the founders, the owners, and the managers of local businesses you have come to know and love, and those you will come to know and love. Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. Well, I didn't quite realize that this place was so quite so literal. I just climbed up six <laughs> flights of stairs to talk with You get Joanne. to stare because it's called stare. <laughs> Joanne Matson, who is the uh, executive director of Stare, which is S-T-A-I-R, not to be confused with the, just looking at each other across a table. Mm -hmm. But Stare is an acronym for Start the Adventure in Reading. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to learn a lot more about the program. And we last spoke, I guess, when you were at the Lighthouse. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we were probably sitting six feet apart with masks or something like that in the middle of COVID. If, yeah, <laughs> if my memory serves right. me. Yeah. Um, but you have switched, uh, I guess, sort of uh, tracks. I wouldn't say mm -hmm. careers. I mean, you're in the in the do-gooding world. Mm -hmm. And uh, now we're working on literacy as opposed to homelessness, which uh, both are certainly very admirable and needed leadership. But tell me about STARE. I mean, how long has it been around? So STARE, Start the Adventure in Reading, um, actually was started in New Orleans in, I think, 1986 or 1987. Um, and so there are associations with STARE, other STARE organizations across the country. Um, it's a loose affiliation. And the STARE in Anne Arundel County was started at First Presbyterian Church as a mission. And I, it's been around, um, I think it's our 17th year. So I think it started in 2006. Oh, my word. Yeah. And so the first uh, goal was to work with children at the Stanton Center work with second graders and help them develop their reading skills. And then after a couple of years, we grew into some other schools, became a 501c3 nonprofit. And I'm, I think, the third executive director they've had at STAIR. So STAIR's mission is to work with second graders who are reading below grade level. And what we do is we partner them with volunteers who work with them one-on-one, -on -one, two and a half hours a week after school. Um, two times a week, and they play games with them and they read with them. We have a very uh, specific scripted phonics curriculum that our tutors use to work with the kids to bring them up to grade level reading. And the re reason it's so important to catch them by second grade is because um, you may not know this, but up through second grade, children are learning to read. After second grade, they're reading to learn. So if they miss that critical building block, they're just going to fall farther and farther behind their classmates. So you're yeah, that's see a yeah. moment in your yeah, eyes. Yeah, so I'm no, no, pausing. They're, I'm they're slowing down. They're, tot they're, tot they're totally is. So I, I mean, a I'm surprised that this is not just an Annapolis thing that it has roots down in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. That it's uh, presumably a national thing mm -hmm. at at this point. But each one is their own individual thing, and I'm. Also surprised because, you know, reading is a, a lifelong thing that it is just so limited to, is it limited to second grade or up to second grade? So what was originally founded, second graders are our target. They remain our target. But gosh, especially after the pandemic, we um, yeah. are extending our program to children in third, even fourth grade. And we 
We also recognize that catching children early is um, for this kind of intervention is really important. So we'll work with first graders as well. But second is our basic target audience. And I'll just say just I don't want to miss a chance to mention why I'm doing this. You know, it seems, you know, it doesn't like a, a shift from the lighthouse. Sure. Um, I actually got my roots um, as a teacher. I was a uh, third grade teacher at the key school here oh. in Annapolis. And Bless just, all you yeah. <laughs> and, um, and also just have been very, very passionate about reading. Um, I was taught to, re- I wanted to read so badly when I was a little girl. I was taught to read um, when I was four years old by my older sister. I just begged her and she taught me. I remember we had a blackboard on the back of our bedroom door and I loved reading so much and had such a passion for teaching it that I set up my own little school in my neighborhood and I was teaching kids in my neighborhood. And even when I was in uh, myself in fourth grade, I worked with a reading specialist at my elementary school to help kids learn to read. So um, I was always interested in the STAIR program in Annapolis. The other piece of it is when I was at the lighthouse, I saw firsthand how functional illiteracy often led, this is true, 70% of people who are reading below a fourth grade, fourth grade level end up incarcerated on welfare, homeless. That was one of the things I was going to ask you that, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you've got two great things is, you know, what is, and I hate to say what is more important mm-hmm. of, of, you know, of a mission, mm-hmm. you know, homelessness, which is certainly very important uh, or reading. And I said, I thought I almost knew the answer because without reading, your chances of becoming homeless, but uh, certainly plenty of other different aspects mm-hmm. that will come into that are probably a lot greater to become homelessness if you are not a reader. Very much so. And and the fact is kids get pushed through the system. They just do. And so when I was at the lighthouse, um, there were some I remember uh, my my first years there, there was a mom with a child that had a, a infant that had failure to thrive. And so we were working very closely with her and we would put up post-it notes to remind her what times the child should be fed. We would write down because it seemed like she couldn't quite understand how to mix the formula correctly. So we again, we would write things down for her. And it wasn't until we were working with her for a bit that I realized that she wasn't able to read. So that was a real aha moment for me. Um, and she had a di- high school diploma from Annapolis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no. But, you know, so it really 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 does impact people. So for me, a couple of things. One, um literacy is the ultimate homelessness prevention, which is what we focus on at the lighthouse. And something that I'm focusing on more and more and understanding more and more is that literacy is equity. I see that. And I do think that in society in general, I mean, I remember growing up and this will date me in my age, but I mean, reading is fundamental. Yes, of course. Okay. We had these wonderful programs. You had the, uh, well, I guess our, my kids had like the magic school bus, mm-hmm. but I mean, you had the electric factory and you had, uh, I mean, Sesame Street is maybe still or not. Reading Rainbow. It, I, I think but, there is but, still. But, I mean, you had all, uh, mm-hmm. all of these that were presented to you both in school and, you know, Saturday morning while parents were sleeping mm-hmm. uh, to be able to do that. And, and I, I don't see that. Now, I'm not living in that world with little kids now, but I mm-hmm. don't see that now, which I think is probably part of the problem that we have. Is there a lot of distractions? Well, we do. We live, you know, I, I, I cringe every time I go out to dinner and you look and you know, family's out there or something like that. And they're like, OK, everybody sit down. The adults get the menu. The kids get the iPads. Yeah. And and it's like, oh, gosh, you know, even a even a four year old can be involved in a in a conversation. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I and I think that's a little bit sad when you see that. And I mm-hmm. think that that, you know, again, reading the menu. Exactly. It, but how, how does this program work? OK, you're looking at second graders. Mm-hmm. Um, are they coming here? You're going there or. So right now. And again, we. And we're coming, out of COVID, coming so. back from the pandemic. A lot of challenges there. Um, and we work very closely with Dr. Bedell, with the ACPS reading specialist team. OK, so which like not super awesome. grateful. Oh, I love him. Uh, he is completely awesome. So excited um, and very, very supportive of STAIR. And of course, when he first learned about STAIR, he's like, how can we get STAIR in more schools, serving more kids? So we do go to the schools. We're currently in 12 schools. We serve about 100 kids. Um, so what happens is the children stay after school. The tutors are trained by us. They are all fingerprinted. Um you know, background checks the are done for the schools. Nerds. Yeah. And then, um, like I said, they work with the kids and develop relationships with them that extend far beyond just the educational component. I mean, they are mentors, um, just become very, very close supporters of these kids. And we want our children to learn to read and to catch up with their peers in the second grade classroom. But we also um, really want them to grow in self-confidence and self-esteem um, so that they're, they feel emboldened. To- you know, I, you know I, I do remember, and self-esteem is a huge thing, mm. too. I, I remember as a kid reading out loud a math problem, mm-hmm. and uh, it said, you know, and I... I, I Johnny has five apples. <laughs> well, no, well it, it, it wasn't quite that, but it was like, okay, well, so what we're going to do is we're going to take this and we're going to extend it out to four digits. And the class, like, went nuts. And I'm, I'm like going, <laughs> what did I say? And I'm like, digit, digit. Uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, and yes. I, again, I mean, that was my own little emphasis. And I felt absolutely mortified. Mm. And, you know, gosh, mm-hmm. five letters. I didn't know it. Yeah. How, how yeah. the heck did that work? So self-esteem is mm-hmm. really, really pretty critical. Do your volunteers that go into the schools, do they work with? I mean, I know they work, obviously, at the session one on one with mm-hmm. the child. But is are they working one on one with that child throughout? The semester or the year? The year. Yep. They stick they stick with the same child. So that's their that's their buddy. Yep. That's their buddy. That's very. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And it was funny because that the, we have graduations in May and this past May, it was really interesting. I got to go to several of our graduations and it's just so moving and inspiring to see. But there were some children that we heard feedback from, you know, especially sometimes the little boys were like, you know, they say they don't want to be here. They want to be outside playing. But I'm telling you, those were the kids who were sobbing at the end. They just didn't want it to end. They loved it so much. So that's awesome. Well, a lot of times, you know, kids certainly, I would guess, in second grade probably uh, don't know what they don't know and they don't know what they're missing and don't know what they want. <laughs> you know, they just need a little bit of a thing there. I mean, what's a typical tutoring session like for these mm-hmm. folks? I mean, or a volunteer. I mean, you said they play mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. and they do read. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so it's about an hour and 15 minutes where it is an hour and 15 minutes for the first 15 minutes. The children have a snack. And so it's somebody, do the volunteers get to eat, too. You know, that's a good question. I think <laughs> the volunteers could read, but they'd have to I mean, could eat, but they'd have to be eating with their mouth full most of the time because that's when they're reading to the child. So if that works for both of them, that's OK. Um, yeah. So they have a snack and then we dive into the word work component, which is our phonics. So that is really the meat of our program. So that's 30 minutes. Um, it's fast paced, moving through different things, um, just different elements of the phonics curriculum. And and then they play games with that as well. The children do 
reading. And then at the very end, they play another game. How do you select your children? I mean, so the children are selected by the school. So by the reading specialists at the schools and the parents are contacted by the reading specialist, learn about the program, and then the children are able to participate at no cost. Okay, so this is not a income, and I don't know if this is a correct phrase, but this is not like an income-driven type of a, of a situation where you're looking to um, you know, going into, we'll say, more lower-income schools or minority schools well, or public housing. I, and, and I know that they sort of do go hand-in-hand, hand, yeah. but, you know, reading issues span the whole spectrum. Absolutely. So, yes, I think that all schools and many, many children could benefit from um, the STAIR program. We do focus on Title I and community schools okay. because those are the children. Honestly, um, functional literacy is something that is perpetuated often generation to generation. We get really creative about how we um, communicate even to the parents because there can be issues with literacy with the parents as well. All of our communications home are in Spanish and English, but we also try to make it um, in a form that the parent can access to be have it read to them if they need to. Now, another, another question, and I get a flack all the time because I can't stand fiction as an adult. Oh, well, uh, you and I are not okay. Talk so we're anymore. done. We're done. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, uh, and I, I mean, I love biographies. I love uh, mm -hmm. historic, you know, history. I like uh, current events. I like news. I, you know, I'm all all of that stuff. And people develop their likes and their dislikes. At certainly at second grade, I mean, do you read varying different things to them? I mean, might there be a, you know, obviously, let's say an age appropriate for a second grader of uh, a Civil War story mm -hmm. as opposed to, uh, you know, here comes Peter Cottontail. So you mentioned um, that second graders and, and many of us through our lifetime, like we don't know what we don't know. We might not. You know, we tend to um, do the things that we know and like and are familiar with, but it's our job as educators to expose the children to um, other experiences, other things that they could learn. So we're really careful. And I know ACPS is working on this as well with their reading curriculum to make sure that the um, books that the children's are, children are reading are content rich, high quality. So, you know, Peter Cottontail is a fun story and that's great too, but we do like to have the children learn other things while they're reading. It's like a win-win. I know it's funny. We're here in Annapolis and we've got two wonderful institutes of higher education between the Naval Academy and St. John's. And I sit there and go, oh, I would just absolutely just go nuts at St. John's because that would just the, the with the with the great works. Uh -huh. I would just totally be like bored out of my gourd. <laughs> And I could never do the Naval Academy. So. I, I, I would be, I'd be okay. I need, I, I need to get out of here. I, I don't know that I could do the Naval Academy either myself, but that's uh, – uh, that, I, I just look at that and go, my eyes glaze over and I'm like – I went to St. John's. Did you uh, go to St. John's? What's that? I went to St. John's. Did, did you? Yeah. No. I did, did not know that. Actually, I, there's there's – there are several people that went there that really surprised me. Do you know uh, Amy Miguez from the uh, police? I do. And she's a graduate there. Oh, and that totally, I did not know that. Totally blew my mind when I found that out. Mm -hmm. and, um, it's a great school. I mean, I've talked to you know several people who love what they've done with the uh, the new Mitchell Museum, which oh, is no yes. longer a gallery. It's yeah. now it's a full fledged museum, mm -hmm. and uh, you know the key auditorium with a re refit and everything else. Mm -hmm. they, they've got some really great programs over there. Uh, just not for me, but thankfully I'm out of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that outrage there. But. Well, you are a wordsmith, though. <laughs> to a point. To a point. Tell me some of your success stories out of STAIR. And again, the website for this is STAIR Annapolis. It's S-T-A-I-R Annapolis.org. Correct. 
how do you measure your success and what are the success stories coming out of it? I want to share with you because it's such an amazing success story, if you don't mind, and you can cut this job oh, if you I don't want to do it. But one of our tutors sent me an email at the end of May after our graduations. Mm-hmm. And I just want to share with you, in general, our success stories are the academic achievement. Of course, it's so wonderful. Um, but we also, like I said, value so much the the change in the child's attitude toward reading and toward themselves as a reader. So if you'll indulge me, Absolutely. this is really quick, John, and I know we didn't prepare this, but I just, I did a little talk last week and I just have his mic. So anyway, this is what um, one of our tutors wrote to me. We had our graduation at Mills Parole yesterday. It was so tender. The parents were beaming and the reading teacher told one of my fellow tutors that the children had made at least one grade level and in some cases much more growth over the course of the year. It was very satisfying. One of my students was terrified at the beginning of the year, but is now reading with fluency and excellent comprehension. She insists that we play Mission Impossible for the last 10 minutes or so of our sessions. I show her words that she has no business knowing and she picks them apart, vowels and syllables and consonants and suffixes and prefixes. Nine times out of 10, she gets the word and boy, does she feel accomplished. That she has become so brave and so confident is absolutely everything to me. Her father was nearly in tears yesterday as she read. My point is this. Thank you for what you and your team do for the children, for the tutors who receive so much more than we give, and for me who has enjoyed the STAIR experience much more than I ever could have imagined. I believe the adage, a rising tide lifts all ships. And this year, I witnessed that tide lifting children and their families. That's awesome. I just couldn't say it better. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. And I bet that girl could, wouldn't screw up dig it either. <laughs> it's an honest <laughs> mistake. I have a story of my, of my own about that very kind of thing. But, but tutoring seems to be, you know, the rewards for the students are obvious. It sounds like the rewards for the tutors are pretty, um, pretty significant, too. How how does one become a tutor? I know you said they've got mm-hmm. the training and the background mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. fingerprinting and stuff like that. That's the easy part. Um, yeah. Go to our website, uh, stereonapolis.org. And uh, there's, a you know, if you look at our there's a drop down for volunteering and you do fill out a really quick form and our volunteer coordinator will be in touch if we're going to expand and, and we are and grow to serve more schools in the county we need more volunteers so we're so grateful for our volunteers so many of them have been, have been with us 10 years or more what are the criteria for a volunteer i mean obviously you want a desire to give back and to work mm-hmm. work work with kids uh cut to the chase you do need to be you know pretty literate uh-huh. to be able to read but i mean you i mean you don't have to be a voracious reader mm-hmm. necessarily no, not at all no, just like to work with kids. Like I said, we train you. Um, that's that's really it. Um, be, you have to be able to get to and from the, the school. The but, school. Yeah. You can pick your school. I mean, mm-hmm. or you're somewhat mm-hmm. assigned, I guess. Well, know. if you go to the website, you'll have an option, again, to pick which school you would like to. Sure. And, and I, I guess if Mills Parole is filled up, if mm-hmm. you will, I may go to. Annapolis or you know, Eastport, what, Tyler whatever Heights, it may be, yeah. or, or just work our way mm-hmm. out. So, Kills but me, yeah. but you guys are all over the county, though. I noticed some of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're at Van Bokeland, you mm-hmm. were at Edgewater, mm-hmm. you were at Mills Parole. So, and I, I can't remember how many ed- elementary schools the, the county has. I think like sixty or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, and so you're pretty much covering the whole county from you know from Brooklyn Park and Glen Burnie all the way down to Shady Side. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty impressive. How many volunteers do you have? Right now, we've about two hundred. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because so they work one-on-one with the children, but some of our tutors share a child. So two, one will be the Tuesday tutor, one will be the Thursday tutor. And then we always need um, substitutes too. So there's sure. a lot of different ways to serve. Well, you're at age 16. You guys are probably getting ready for maybe some uh, legacies to come back in. Some of the two T's to come exactly. back as two tours. Yes. Yeah. I did look on your website again, stair, S-T-A-I-R, annapolis.org. I did look at your annual report and um, I can confidently say that you're not making $1.3 million as an executive director. <laughs> uh, you're really tight. Uh, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously volunteers make this program run, mm-hmm. um, but money does as well. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you subsist on grants mm-hmm. and donations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do encourage folks you know, go make a make a donation. And every little bit does help. It I really s- does. As I look around, I see composition books. I see boxes mm-hmm. of crayons. And I just, you know, to be able to give the gift of reading and literacy to, you know, a child. This was a statistic that surprised me. Almost 20 percent of adults in the United States today are, are not able to read functional illiteracy. So they're not able to read beyond very short words and phrases. Um, but there is. And so in my mind, that's it's almost a, an epidemic and something that we should be very, very concerned about. But it's really below the radar because people are ashamed that they can't read. And another thing that we do in our program is uh, we work with children to build their home libraries. So every child who participates in STAIR uh, goes home at the end of the year with at least 25 books for their own home library. And uh, one of the uh, one of our uh, city council members mentioned to me one time, she said, you know, especially for the Hispanic community, she said, you have no idea the impact that STAIR is making. You know, you see the relationship with the child and the progress they're making, but when they bring those books home, they share them with their families, their brothers and sisters, their aunts and uncles. And so she said it really it really has quite a ripple effect. And that sounds like Sheila Van Lason. <laughs> Sheila is a fan and I'm a fan <laughs> of Sheila, too. So, yes. <laughs> what if you miss them in second grade? I mean, how how do we catch up on that? Is that, I mean, that falls into the school, into the reading specialists and. Yeah. Well, so our focus is really that second grade and we. Well, that's, that's, we, the, whole, know, that's the whole yep. learning to read and reading yeah, to learn. Yeah. So that, you know, there are every, every school has reading specialists. Some have more than one. So um, they will continue to work with those children. We also, we're, we're in the process right now of meeting with the principals and the reading specialists. I met with, where was I? Miss Mills Pearl just this morning, actually. And talking about the children that are going to come in. And, and we said to the principal and the reading specialist, if you have third graders who need some extra support, send them in. Another thing I want to bring to folks' attention is the fact that we don't have after-school program buses for children in Anne Arundel County. And what that effectually does is, again, create inequity in the services that we're providing for our children. So enrichment activities after school are not available for the children unless they have a grown-up who can come pick them up. And so for some students who really could benefit from the STAIR program, their parents are working two jobs. They may not have the means to a vehicle to pick them up. And so then those children are really missing out on something that would be really helpful. So that's something that I'm bringing um, Dr. Bedell's attention to and other folks wherever I can grab them to say, we need this um, service at our schools. I mean, unfortunately, there's so many different ways that children today can fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. 
And it, you know, we're specifically talking about rating right now, but I mean, there's just so many other ways and it's something really we need to figure out. Mm -hmm. uh, we should be able to figure that out at this point. We, you know, to be able to do it. I know a, a friend of mine that's you know, actually passed away of COVID, but Robert Eads, mm -hmm. who was in a, a. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, he was just the biggest nudge you could possibly imagine at city council. Mm -hmm. And he was, uh, you know, he was an SOB and uh, he was absolutely right. He said, you know, you, you want to, uh, you know, arrest these kids and, you know, you put them in these bad situations. Mm -hmm. You're not giving them any alternative. You put a kid on a street corner mm -hmm. and all they can do is look down at the rocks. They're going to pick up a rock and throw it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you take them to a basketball court and give them a basketball, they're going to learn mm -hmm. how to play basketball. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, give them a pair of sneakers or take them out to a, you know, a, a hiking trail or something like that, they're going to they're going to learn a little mm -hmm. bit of something. Give mm -hmm. them something to do as opposed to do that. And again, programs like these would be just immeasurable in the in the schools. Yes, very much so. And I remember bringing his daughter to those meetings, which I think was educational for her as well. You remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he 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 was a gem. I, I do. I miss. There's not a day that goes by that I uh, don't miss him. Mm. This is out of your wheelhouse because you stop at second grade, which is probably a great grade to stop at, to be honest with you. But how do you encourage an older person that could be a student or an adult that really didn't develop that love or appreciation for reading mm -hmm. by second grade or third grade or fourth grade or whenever it is? Uh, you know, somebody's like, yeah, I just I just don't read that much. I don't get out anything out of it. They may be literate, but they're just not. I mean, how do you suggest to encourage somebody to develop a passion for reading? Mm. Well, um, well, for when, if someone has, is not literate at this time, there's, you know, literate, there's literacy council and, and folks who will tutor people one-on-one -on -one to work with that for me. And I hear this a lot from people after the pandemic, they're like, my attention span is shot. Uh, um, I would say, one thing, one way to enjoy something that someone else has written is to listen to it. We do a lot with Audible Audiobooks. or do, you know, Libby through the library. There's wonderful things that happen through the process, the brain process of reading and processing the words. But I love stories so much and I love learning different perspectives so much that I'm almost never without an earbud and listening to something listening. from Libby. Mm -hmm. But you, you just mentioned the library and we really can't get out of here without putting a plug in for sure. the library because Absolutely. the libraries are uh, certainly not what they were when you and I were growing up. And, uh, you know, somebody on Reddit had asked me the other day, said, hey, where's a good place to go fishing? And maybe I, I need to rent a fishing rod. I'm like, well, go to the library. They rent, they, they loan out fishing rods. Wow. Uh, they, you can you can check out a violin. You can check out wow. a Wi-Fi hotspot. Mm -hmm. There's so much that the libraries do today that they never did before. The mm -hmm. Dewey Decimal System, I, I don't know whether Skip will yell at me, but it's dead. I mean, I don't know that they have card catalogs anymore. I don't um, think they have card catalogs uh, anymore. You know, Great and, pieces I mean, the Decimal System's probably library. there, but it's all, all electronic. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, when you go to the library, as you talked about, you can get out, you can get an audio book, you can get videotapes, you can get CDs to listen to. Um, so if, you know, if you're into opera and you don't, you know, have the means to, to purchase DVDs or CDs or mm -hmm. something like that, that's, these are resources for you. And I do encourage everybody to go to aacpl.net or better yet, just go to one of your local libraries. The one we have here in Annapolis on West Street is fantastic. And browse. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the thing because everything like even with Libby, like there is a browsing thing, but I'm online. I'm looking up something that I think I want. But if I go into a library or into a bookstore, Barnes and Noble did a book drive for us last December. Highly recommend them. Old Fox is doing a book drive for us this fall. Highly recommend them. What a fun little magical place to go. But yeah, go and look around and see what jumps out at you. It is. And the price is right for the library. It's great. Absolutely. For everybody in the county. You know, I mean, right now they just announced a thing with Maryland hall Mm. um where library card holders that are considered lower income Mm -hmm. have the ability to use their library card now to see certain shows at maryland hall so now you're exposing via the library Mm -hmm. a free membership if you will Mm -hmm. additional types of art and experiences that you you would never know sitting at home and, you know, libraries provide um, incredible resource for people experiencing homelessness as well. And um, Skip invited me to speak a couple of years ago at Annapolis Film Festival. They um, showed Emilio Estevez's, the, it was called The Public. And I think it was a library in Chicago. Was it Chicago? Okay. You know, it was a super cold night and they were going to push everybody outside to like basically certain death, homeless people who yes, were there for the day. Yes. And it's, it's uplifting. It's funny. It makes you think. But yeah, I was really happy that the... And the library had a little question and answer session afterward um, that I was invited to participate in as ED of the Lighthouse. And yeah, libraries, incredible it's, it's, resource. And and for adults that are listening, if you've never um, haven't been to the library in the last 10 years, um, which 10 years ago, that would have been me. Mm. Um, go. Yeah. You, you'd be really absolutely shocked at, you know, what is I mean, there's nobody in there going. Yeah. <laughs> The, sh- the shushers have all been fired. They're, 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 they're That's not, true. They're they're not there anymore. I mean, they've got maker spaces. Yeah. They've got uh, 3D printers. Yeah. Uh, it's it's amazing what what the mm-hmm. library offers. Uh, all for the price of nothing. And uh, as, as you said, you can develop yourself. You can get lost in a story, whether it be mm-hmm. listening to it or reading it. You can sit there and read it. You can take it home and read it. Um, they they even bring it to you if you if if, if you're stuck at home and you have no way of, of getting there they can um, plenty of things to do at the library mm-hmm. volunteer come out and check out Stair Annapolis S T A I R Annapolis dot org donate same place to go there there's not very many opportunities in the world where you can make a very tangible difference in somebody's literal life mm-hmm. uh, I mean even. You know, on the homeless situation, you you can make a difference in the life at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's you know no guarantees what the future holds for that. But at second grade, with a student that is struggling with reading, to be able to give them the gift of that, and that's a gift that's going to last them the rest of their lives. Yeah, cha- it's life changing. It's literally life changing. You don't get many opportunities to do that. And I think I'd probably say your 200 plus volunteers when they walk home at the end of the night. Uh, they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves, and rightfully so. Staranopolis.org. And Joanne, I want to thank you so much for your time today. And I guess now it's time to, like, hike down the stairs. To, <laughs> to, to. Thank you, John. I just want to thank you so much for all you do for our community, for the coverage of nonprofits and the way you encourage us um, to work together as a community. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local news, events, and opinion. And in case you haven't already, please subscribe to the Ion Annapolis Daily News Brief, where we bring you 
all the day's local news direct to your phone, tablet, or computer in about 10 minutes. It comes to you at 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.